You're listening to the Missouri Realtors Podcast with host and Missouri Realtors President, John Mayfield. Join us as we deliver an in-depth analysis of industry news while speaking with industry experts on their successes and failures. Along the way, we'll also share strategies and practices to help you become a more successful realtor. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. My name is John Mayfield, your 2022 Missouri Realtors president. I'm so excited to have with me my good friend, Darren Kittleson from the Wisconsin region. You are from Madison, Wisconsin, correct, Darren? Yes, that's right, John. That's what I thought. Yes, Darren and I have been friends for a number of years. He uh, is a past CRB, which is now part of the REBI uh, national president and just volunteers and serves in a number of capacities. He's a broker owner, a coach, and as I mentioned, a good friend. And Darren's going to talk to us today about how you can really kick your real estate business into high gear. And Darren, thanks again for joining. I appreciate this um, opportunity to visit with you and to help our members. So thanks for that. My pleasure. Yeah. So I want to just start out very quickly. You shared something a number of years ago in a session I saw you teach. Uh, I believe it may have been in Chicago. It was at one of our national conferences. And I remember you said, I don't know who claims credit for this, but you had always heard if you don't set your goals high enough that people laugh at them, you probably haven't set them to high enough, <laughs> something to that, to that effect. And, you know, I, I thought about that and, and you really helped me understand the fact that sometimes we limit what we can do by our own thinking. And I just wanted you to kind of elaborate on that. What in, as new agents or any agents in setting goals, what, what would you suggest or, or how would you respond to that? Yes, John, I had to chuckle when you said that because, yeah, I remember that. It, it was a conference I was at, and the speaker said that. They said, when you share your goals with others and they don't laugh, your goals aren't uh, big enough. And that got me really thinking because I I think about it this way. When we were trained to set goals, I think quite often we're trained to stay in the world of be realistic. And that's not to say that you don't want realistic goals. However, I think quite often we miss opportunity because we we do put that regulator on it where we'll say, well, this is what I really would like to accomplish or, or what would life look like if I was able to accomplish that? And then we back down from there and we go, however, this is our reality currently and this might be the better place to play from and here's really what I should set my goal at. And it ends up being much less than uh, that, that, that reaching one that has people laughing at you. And yet here's the thing I always think about, if I go for a really big goal and get just partway there, chances are I'm gonna get further than I would have had I backed it down. And so that's really where I really love that idea. Um, and, and I'd heard others speak to this too, where one of my favorite sayings is our, you know, our brain only has the capacity to come up with ideas we have the ability to make happen. So the fact that I had that, that idea that was going to make everyone laugh meant that I do have the ability to figure out how to make that happen. It's just that I don't know what it would be at this point. So why not make that the goal? I don't know if that makes any sense yeah. at all. But that's <laughs> no, it, it does. But, you know, you shared that with me, and it really 
kind of clicked that I need to push myself further than what I, than that area that I always want to kind of play around with, or as you mentioned, that we feel comfortable with. And, and, you know, you hear people say, if you can't see it, you, it's going to be hard for you to experience it or to, uh, you know, to make that happen. See, so I know when I can get to that point where I feel comfortable thinking, hey, I'm okay in this area, I can do this, it makes it so much easier for me to move to that next level. Absolutely right. And I, you know, I think about it this way. Um, when John F. Kennedy was elected president, he made the statement about the fact that we would be walking on the moon within that time frame. And they were nowhere near having any of the technology uh, developed or in place or built for that. And yet, because he threw it out there, guess what happened? Right. You know, it's, just, it's amazing what we have the ability to do when, when we get focused on uh, on it as a possibility. And that's really what I was thinking about it in that respect. You know, I, I admire Elon Musk for what he's able to accomplish and some of the stuff that he's working on. And it always amazes me as to who came up with that idea even. And yet, you know, it's 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 moving us forward. And, and you know, you may agree or disagree with some of the ways he does that. Yet I'm so grateful that he's out there playing at that level. Uh, because we need those people exactly. <laughs> in yeah. our world. Exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit, Darren, because I know you coach and work with a lot of agents. And uh, But what, what do you tell someone who's new in the real estate business or maybe an agent who's just like, man, um, I can't seem to get anything going in this kind of market. You know, there's no inventory. I can't get listings. What's your suggestion or where do you think agents are getting it wrong either either one of those areas i mean what would you suggest or or what are we doing yeah, wrong that maybe we need to do differently i think there's probably three things that um we have to have clarity about uh first uh really recognize and and just accept the fact that real estate sales is a lead generation and lead follow-up business so you, you've got to just get okay with that. You've got to have leads and you've got to follow up with them in order to find any business. I, I think what was interesting for me uh, when I got into the industry, I didn't know that. In fact, uh, I thought it was one of those industries that when you got licensed, people would just show up every day and say, hey, I want you to help me buy a house or I want you to sell my house. And you know, like we all quickly realize it's very different than that. Right. And so you recognize it's a lead generation, lead follow-up business. That's the first thing. Second thing is don't be a secret agent. And what I mean by that is, you know, don't be afraid to let people know this is what you do, that you're there to help them and you're there to help them with anything real estate related and, and make sure that they're aware that that's who you are. Now, as a newer agent, you might say, well, they don't think I'm experienced enough. And I said, that's great. We all started somewhere. Here's what you could do, though. When you affiliate with great people around you who are in the business, you've got great resources to help you. So maybe I'm brand new. However, I've got my office broker. I've got so-and-so in my company. They're there to help me no matter what. And that's why I chose to affiliate with whatever company I'm with, because I know I don't know everything, yet I have people there that will help me. So don't be a secret agent is my second point. Make sure everybody, especially the people closest to you. And I think quite often I see agents more willing to make phone calls to complete strangers than they are to let the people that they know know that they're there and they're in real estate. And it's, and it's interesting to me that that happens. 
final thing of these first three is this um, only get focused on the things you can control. You know, in our world today, there's so much uh, access to information that we could spend our whole day talking about, you know, interest rates are bumping up, uh, the, you know, what's going on in the conflict in, uh, in, in Russia and Ukraine, you know, what that's going to do to real estate. Uh, I mean, those, we have no control over those things. We could get sucked into that, though, and spend all of our time focused on it and then be paralyzed in place from going out and talking to some people and finding out if they have a real estate need or who they might know who does that you could help. So stay focused on the things you can control. I can control my activities every day. I can control my goal for how many people I want to talk to each day. Uh, maybe I have an opportunity to host an open house. I can control what I do to make that open house amazing by all the legwork and the, and the promotion I might do prior to that open house uh, day. Those things I can control. The things I can't control, don't pay attention to them because all they'll do is slow you down. I love that. And that that is uh, great advice. And And I remember another item you talked about, which impacted me as well. And I, I kind of always knew this, and I think we know it, but you talked about put them in your met database. In other words, you met someone, put them in your database. Now, you've talked about that, but how do you how, what are some things you do to follow up with those people that you meet on a daily basis or? So if it's someone I meet, maybe it's, you know, in line, I, we can start getting in line again at Starbucks, I guess, with COVID restrictions changing kind right. of on March 1st. Uh, the, uh, somebody met in line, you know, an off chance meeting, right? So they don't really know who I am, but we struck up a conversation. And in that I made them aware that I was a real estate agent and I could help them if they had a need or knew someone. I got their contact information. Well, right now, from that moment forward, it's up to me now to, to win mind share in their mind that when they think of someone in real estate, that I'm the one they think of. After that first inter interaction, they're not going to remember me because that was just one a one-off, you know, random. However, in the next few weeks, I want to do things over those next few weeks so that I start winning mind share so that when they do think of real estate, they think of me. What could that be? Well, maybe in our conversation, we talked about the fact that uh, that real, their property tax assessment went up. And, and, you know, I made them aware that in the, most of the municipalities, you have the chance to, you know, go in and, and have that reviewed by a board of review. Or maybe it's something along those lines. Maybe it's something along trends in real estate uh, today, making the homes more marketable. You know, what are the trends in decorating? What's the trend in design? And maybe it's something of value that way that I might send out to them in that first few days. Uh, actually, right after the interaction, if I've got a home address, I'll send them a handwritten note just to say, hey, it was great to meet you. And, you know, and, and a little bit about our conversation and drop that into the mail. They receive that a few days later. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to cement the idea that when they start thinking of real estate, they think of me. Um, the goal is eight, eight of those in that first short window of time, like whether that's three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, eight little interactions some way so that they, they, they hear about or from me again of something value related that's tied to real estate. From there, then I can put them into my normal, uh, I call it touch plan. And that is that it's roughly once every three weeks, they'll get something from me, whether it's in the mail, whether it be email, text message, if I got permission to do that, uh, those types of things that it would be real estate related. Maybe it's a new listing we took. Maybe it's our uh, current inventory for the month of, of, of March. It just, it's something that every time they have an interaction or receive something from me, it's reminding them that that's who I am. I think that's great. And I think so many times we as real estate agents forget that 
if we're not constantly touching them and keeping at the forefront of their mind for real estate, someone else might, my mom used to always tell me that because I would think, or I would say to my mom, oh gosh, I hate to reach out to them. I feel like I'm bugging them. And my mom would say, but if you don't do it, someone else might. And um, I just remember going ahead, making that contact, reaching out to them. And then lo and behold, they wanted me to list their property. So I would think, gosh, if I hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't have gotten that deal. So very, and, very and there's good. examples of that all over. You know, here's the cool news, though. Um, you know, the National Association of Realtors does a survey of home buyers and home sellers every year. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm a little bit of a nerd or a geek around that. When that becomes available, I grab it because I want to see what the trend lines are around our buyers and our sellers. And one of them that I'm noticing, and this is one that I think should give us all, um, it makes me feel better. And that is that sellers specifically are relying more on referral to a great agent from someone they trust or going back to the agent they worked with when they bought the home as their way of choosing that agent who's going to list their home. In fact, it was 39% of home sellers last year said they were referred to that listing agent from someone they knew. So someone they knew or trust, friend, uh, neighbor, coworker, whoever. That was 39% of sellers last year. 29% of sellers said that they'd worked with that agent before. Now, if I'm a new agent, that might be a little disheartening. However, here's the thing. If once you build that relationship, stay with it, stay in touch with them, and they're going to they're gonna call you when it's time to sell. Here's the other thing that's really cool. If you take 39% and 29%, what is that? 68% of home sellers last year either worked with the agent before or referred to that agent from someone they trusted. It's not about buying ads. It's not about buying leads. It's not about any of that. It's about getting that relationship established and then just maintaining it. That to me is really cool because that allows us then to just spend our time with people we really love spending our time with and helping in real estate because we can, you know, I, I'm not saying this from any uh, standpoint of a fair housing, but we get to choose who we work with. If they're wonderful people, that's who we work with, right? And here's right. the other thing I know that wonderful people tend to know other wonderful people. So that's who they're referring to you as other people who are fantastic, fun to work with, trust you, uh, understand how the process works because you explain it well, all of that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, to me, it's exciting. I, I think it's uh, versus just having to cold call and find sellers or cold call and find buyers every day. That's, exactly. that's drudgery. Yeah. And, and that it's gets not as back, effective anymore. Right. So. And, and that gets back to what you said, focus on what you can control and you can control getting in touch with those people that you know. So very and good. And then just a strengthened relationship and then just remind them that you're still in real estate. And however, that reminder is, you know, there's lots of ways to do that. We're coming into the cooling season in our part of the country. You know, maybe you work with an HVAC contractor and you say, hey, I've got a database of 200 or 300 people that I stay in communication with. I'd love to send them something as a reminder to have their air conditioning unit service this spring. And by the way, if I do that, could I get a discount of some sort for those folks from you if they call you? That's you know, a I'm great do the marketing idea. And, and it's going to be a benefit to them because they're past clients or they're in my met database and they'll be calling you to do the service. That's, that to me is kind of a win, win, win. Exactly. But I could create that in every, almost every month of the year, I could come up with something like that. That's still 
housing related, right? That's about right. maintenance on their home comes from me. So they remember me as a realtor and it's helping another one of our small businesses in the community. Exactly. And you're not advertising that you get the discount only if you list with me. So you're, you're not violating any kind of license law or rules and regulations. You're just saying my friends provided an opportunity for you to have a discount to uh, have your uh, air conditioner checked out for the season. So that's a great, and they're great and they're great at what they do. I mean, that's my job is to vet the company that I might be promoting like that. Right. And because that's a reflection back on you, but, but, and once that's done though, then you're in a really good scenario for, uh, you know, really long-term solidifying again to that potential, that homeowner that when they have anything real estate related, call me first. And, and you know, people, yeah. And, and people want that information. I remember uh, several years ago when my wife and I relocated for a short period of time to a, about an hour away and we wake up in a community and it's like, I know no one here. And, and who do I call to to do this? Where do I go to get my oil changed? Who's a good dentist? I mean, all of these things that I knew from my hometown were now totally foreign to me. But then I remember discovering, you know, somebody's always asking and occasionally I'll ask, I wonder who's good to do this if you need something around your house. So people love, love it when you can give a good recommendation or referral. So great, great uh, information. A couple more things I just want to visit with you about quickly. Let's talk about business planning. I know you and I talk about that a lot. What is the missing link or why do real estate agents fail to set up a business plan or, or do you have suggestions or where, how should we go about making sure we have a business plan, even as an agent or a team or a broker? Well, and I think this way that um, I think a lot of people believe success in real estate is all about luck. And I'll say it's only about luck if you don't do the right things on a daily basis. And then, you, quite frankly, you'll be lucky to stay in it very long. Right. <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. You can build a business plan that, um, that when you follow the actions that the plan asks you to do, you can make your business predictable. I mean, and, I, and I've done this over and over again with, with individuals and with groups and teams that I've coached over the years, and that is uh, predictable to within about a 10, 10% swing one way or the other on what the goal is, no matter what's going on, no matter what the interest rates are, what's happening politically, economically, any of that. It's really about the right actions each day and being consistent with it. Now, why I think agents are reluctant to do it is twofold. Number one is I think many agents believe a plan becomes too restrictive. Or um, once I put the plan, uh, get the plan boiled down to what my daily activities are, that looks pretty boring because it typically boils down to about the same thing every day. It's a certain amount of lead generation. It's a certain amount of lead follow-up. It's a certain amount of you know servicing uh, the clients and customers that you have. And, um, and that's about it. I mean, th- there's nothing really more to it. And you look at that and you'll go, that's just boring. I'm an entrepreneur. I like creativity. I like excitement. I like variety. Yeah, that that's all well and good. But when you pursue that first, you never get to the money that could be there for the revenue stream that then allows you to do all the really fun things that you might want out of your real estate career. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's a piece of it. And and really what it is, is to say, well, here's here's the, the, the research that I've 
I've gotten recently is that a database, a database, just a, 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 a bank of names, home addresses, a phone number that's good and a good email address of just 250 people should be equating to between 25 and 30 closed transactions per year. Now, if you think about that in many of our markets, especially with the average sale price where there are, that's a pretty good revenue stream for most agents. And that's just 250 names that I have to be in relationship with. On top of that, where we really can optimize it is if we get voice to voice with those 250, at least once a quarter. So just once every three months, just a phone call. And my, my version of the call is to accomplish one of three things, find out if they have a real estate need, find out if they know someone who does, or simply strengthen relationship, right? Just know I'm here for you if there's anything that comes up, that type of thing. I do that once a quarter to 250 names. Uh, and my it increases my opportunity to do business with them uh, like multiple fold. So then again, less luck, more about a business plan. And the key to this in my mind is you boil it down to the ridiculous where you make it such a simple thing that you can't help but succeed. If you think uh, like 250 names, I got to call them once every three months. That's a lot of phone calls. Well, if I look at my three month calendar, that's 60 days, right? So there's 60 work days if I work Monday through Friday. By the way, did you hear that? Monday through Friday. Right. Yeah. Seven days a week. Right. If I work Monday through Friday, that's 60 work days in a quarter. I take 250 people that I have to reach out to, I want to speak to, and I divide that by the 60 days, that's 4.1 conversations a day, five days a week. So I got to talk to five people that I already know each day that I work, and that would get me to that, those numbers. That's all it is, five a day. I, and you know, and that's, I think about, yeah. go ahead, John. I'm oh, sorry. no, that's just, that is that's such a critical part and it's so achievable yet. how many times do we lay our head down at night and we didn't make one call? Right. Because we didn't have a plan and we let the day take over and we can fill our days with a lot of activity as a real estate agent. The question is, is it productive activity? Right. Very good. We have a, a, a saying in one of the courses that I instructed says, don't mistake movement for achievement. You know, I can get up and I can I can start my day taking care of putting out fires and running here and running there and doing all the things that you can fill your day with. And yet, what part of that really was about business development? Was it about uh, putting a transaction closer to getting together? Was it to a revenue event, as I call it? Or was it simply to be busy for being busy? And that's easy to do. Yeah, very, very good advice. I love that. I love that quote, too. Don't substitute or don't movement, don't. movement for, achievement. for achievement. Yeah. Very, very good. Hey, the last thing I want to ask you about, and this was also so impactful for me. I, I tell you, I always appreciate getting to visit and pick Darren's brain. We have lunch or dinner when we're at the uh, NAR meetings and encourage you to go to, to get involved with our state and your local association and the, even the national meetings. I mean, that's how I met Darren and Darren has had such a huge impact on my life. And, and I remember that same session you were at, you, you talked about gratitude and, and I remember I went out before I went to the airport and I, 
I bought this CD call online, the MP3 from Centerpoint, and it was called Dive, and and it was some some you know some strange bells and things. But uh, you talked about a coach that shared that with you, and I have to tell you, there's been something so helpful for me to just sit back through the day and. Uh, and just have a time of meditation or prayer. You know, uh, sometimes I think people get all freaked out, some people, when we use the word meditation. But, you know, I use it as a time for prayer, but more importantly, just as a time to be thankful and grateful. And I always put my phone on Do Not Disturb. And Darren, I have woken up from those 30-minute sessions that you encouraged us to do. I've had a voicemail saying we want to list our house. I've had people purchase classes from my school. I mean, it's like, to me, it's as good as going out and knocking on doors. So I want you to just tell me or tell our audience a little bit about the need for gratitude. And maybe you can recap all of that in a, in a few minutes here. Yeah. You know, I love that you bring that up um, because it's, well, it's almost not fair when we start understanding um, it released when we start having faith in how some things can really work. And that is uh, a statement I heard a number of years ago was that people who show gratitude most often find more to be great, have more to be grateful for. I think that's how it was stated. And uh, just last week, actually, I heard the author of a really great book called the happiness advantage. His name is Sean Aker, A-C-H-O-R, I believe. And uh, he spoke at a conference I was at last week, and he talked about the power of gratitude and what that does for people. Um, first and foremost, if nothing else happens from taking a moment to just slow down, shut off, and get into a quiet space for you know 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and that, I mean, that's a meditation. That's just getting to a place where there's nothing from a stimulation standpoint like coming at you. You know, we live in a world that's full of noise uh, and there's all kinds of stimuli coming at us all points in time. But when we get to a place where we can just close that down, two things happen. One is it opens up space for creativity and thinking. So I don't know if you found that, John, but uh, when you're doing that, you probably come out of those sessions with with ideas that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. It's why a lot of people say that their best ideas come to them in their shower, because the, when they're standing in the shower, typically the only sound you have is the, the running water. Right. And that's a space to just let your let your uh, brain slow down and, and open up for creativity. So that's a big piece of what meditation could be for. And then with, with gratitude, then, you know, what you're putting out into the world is what you start getting back. And that really isn't anything magical. I mean, we talk about quantum physics and, all, and how that might be at play. But really, as, in my mind, as simple as I like to make it is that when I get clear about what I desire in my life, what I desire in my life start showing up. Now it was always there, but I didn't have clarity about that's what I wanted. So now that I've got clarity about that's what I wanted, all of a sudden I notice it or I see the opportunities or I see uh, the, the next step down that path. And it's like, it's revealed to you. And that comes from getting clear about what you want. That's showing gratitude. I mean, show gratitude for what you desire in your life in advance, be grateful for it. And all of a sudden the path shows up. Uh, if nothing else happens out of all of that, it just lets you feel and be happier. Exactly. So why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, the, when you just said that, it kind of goes back to what we opened with about the whole setting those goals 
where other people may laugh at you. When you set those goals up there and you have that time of meditation or gratitude and you, as you said, you know, be thankful for all of that in advance, I have found that's helped me really believe and see myself at that higher level that I have set those goals at. So kind of interesting that we started with that and we came around. We, I wasn't planning that, but it's, uh, um, it's been a huge help for me. And, and as you said, if nothing else, you know, you've, you do have that time to just, uh, to re re-energize yourself. And, but I have found it to be a huge help and so thank you for sharing that with me. It was very good. Well, Darren, I know you have another appointment. I appreciate you taking time out to visit with us here at Missouri Realtors. Uh, I'll put Darren's contact information below. Uh, you offer coaching. He's written a couple of great courses for the REBI on the CRB side. And one of them, I wish we had time to talk about it, is your exit course, exit strategy mm-hmm. course. Uh, I taught that recently for a group from Miami, and we had a lot of sales agents in there. And I was so excited because I'm, I know Darren could tell you the same thing, but there are so many really good agents and brokers that I have known over the years who just closed up shop and retired. And I'm thinking, gosh, you had such an amazing career, why didn't you position yourself for an exit strategy? So Darren um, offers that course, has that, we'll have his contact information. You can reach out to him if you have any other needs or questions. So anything else, Darren, you want to share or? No, I, well, no, just, it's a pleasure to be able to visit with you because I don't see you enough. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Busy with, with what you're doing. And, and just thank you for the opportunity to share a couple ideas. Um, you know, that, that whole idea around the exit strategy is that if you build this correctly, based on a little bit of what we touched on today, you should be building a saleable asset. Right. Uh, and I was thinking about it this way. If my dentist just decided to close up shop because he was done, he or she was done, you know, doing dental work, we'd all look at that and go, wait, they had all these patients. Why would they do that? Well, if you build your real estate practice the correct way, why isn't it? It's not any different. I mean, the value of your business is the relationships you have and uh, what they've done with you over the years from a uh, from a real estate pr- uh, focus uh, area. And so why not? Why not build it correctly so that it could be saleable and let you then retire with a little bit of something coming at you from a revenue standpoint, even after you're done showing houses and going on listing appointments. Yeah, excellent. (laughs) Well, Darren, thank you again. We appreciate uh, your time for Missouri Realtors. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well, the Missouri Realtors website. You can sign up for that. Uh, We're on the landing. Hopefully you are there and hopefully we will see you at our April business conference, our spring business conference in Jefferson City. We have got some great things planned there. So share this podcast with others. Thanks for joining and thanks again, Darren. My pleasure.